This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Chandra Williams. Dr. Williams is going to talk to us about inclusive care. Dr. Williams serves as the CEO and president of inclusive care. We're going to talk about the mission, about what she's trying to do, her role, top priorities, and a lot more. Dr. Williams, thank you so much for joining us. Can you take a moment and introduce yourself and tell us about inclusive care? Sure. Um, Scott, first of all, I just want to say thanks for taking the opportunity. A longtime supporter of Becker's, I see the value that it brings to the healthcare landscape and certainly to me uh, as a professional and leader of a healthcare organization. So inclusive care, we are a nonprofit that's located in Louisiana. We actually have five clinic locations, so we consider ourselves as a network. We provide primary care, specialty care in an ambulatory setting, along with dental services, mental health services, women's health, pediatrics, podiatry, and the list goes on. So we consider ourselves as a one-stop shop. Um, What that typically means is that any service that we can provide or render uh, as it relates to healthcare, we're all under one roof. Uh, We are, our mission is to provide high quality and affordable healthcare. And the way that we do that is by using a sliding fee scale that allows us to be able to identify or match the um, financials or match the fiscal ability with the, um, the needs of the, the patient, so that it, thus making it an affordable option for them. And Chandra, Dr. Williams, are you largely serving a lower income population, a, a whole balance? What, what is the, what's the population that you're serving? Then, then I'm going to ask you, where do you see the most need for services? But tell us about the population you serve, and then where the most acute need is for services. Sure. So the population we serve, um, actually last year we serviced about 23,000 or provided over 23,000 visits um, in one given year. We are servicing a population that is about 60% um, a Medicaid population. So those who are under at least 200% of the federal poverty level. Um, There are a few of our clients who are actually um, uninsured, or there um, are even some that fall into the underinsured category. So we consider ourselves a healthcare um, that is accessible to everyone of all classes, whether you are insured, underinsured, or fully insured. Thank you. And where do you see the most need? I mean, there's, there's obviously just a shortage of primary care. There's a shortage of behavioral health. But where do you see the most acute need? Where do you see patient needs and think, oh, my goodness, we need more of this or that? I know there's a lot across the board, but there are a couple areas where the need is more acute. Yeah. So um, actually, a lot our services are needs based. So what that essentially means is that we conduct every three years an extensive analysis on our population. And that helps us to be able to guide and determine the services. And so what we have seen over the last three years, just like I'm sure everyone in the nation is that we are living in a mental health crisis. 
Unfortunately, that also means even our team members who are coming to work and servicing people are also having mental health needs. We've seen a 60% increase in our growth in mental health services. So it is the fastest growing service that we have been able to provide. Um, And I say that that a lot is not just due in part to uh, the fact that people are having, you know, mental health crises and needs, but it's also more accessible. Uh, There's more keen awareness. It's no longer stigmatizing to have a mental health diagnosis or have a mental health need. So consequently, we have, um, you know, tried to keep up with the demand in that regard for mental health services. And besides mental health, which has become a crisis situation in the nation as a whole, and just not enough psychiatrists, not enough psychologists, not enough social workers, not enough of, of any of the providers for mental health, where else are you seeing acute need? Um, so in our patient population, actually, it's making sure that there's uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So what that uh, simply means is that our clients and our community members want to see people who look like them, who sound like them, and who they can really trust. And a lot of culture has to do with being able to speak common language. Um, Trust is very, very essential in community-based health. And so we, you know, attempt to utilize the data that is being provided using U.S. Census data and identifying areas of need and then filling the staff with who are from the community who can actually be more accessible, more approachable, and thus being able to improve the quality of health care. Thank you. And tell us a little bit about your career in in what advice you would give to an evolving leader? Any thoughts there? Sure. Um, Leadership is one of my, I'm really passionate about leadership. Um, In my most recent talk, I said, you know, I use the Proverbs um, from the Bible that says vision without vision, people will perish. And so it is true that if there is no leadership, then we really stand to lose a whole lot Um, with respect to is in particularly in healthcare. So I've been in healthcare for over 25 years and in community health specifically for um, the last 15 plus years. Um, I've had the pleasure of leading up inclusive care for the past 10 years. So what I've seen um, are my greatest, you know, I guess uh, contribution to what I do is I get to grow other leaders. I get to actually grow other people who might've never seen themselves in the position that they're in. And then with a little mentoring, coaching, guiding, and giving an opportunity, those individuals are now leaders themselves. They're now economically sound, their families are sound, educational, pursuits that they may have never acquired before, they actually have now. So um, I guess if I had to retire, which is a long time from now, that would be my greatest asset to um, the profession, and particularly for healthcare. It's so critically important. 
just fantastic. And no, thank you for that. And talk a little bit about what are your biggest priorities this year? What are you most excited about in your biggest priorities this year? Oh, this year we um, are are continuing to evolve. And so this comes on the heels of the great resignation uh, that has affected every business in the U.S. and beyond. And so people are, you know, they're tougher to manage. They're tougher to please. Uh, however, I do think that when you lead with heart, which I believe it used to be a weakness viewed in the business world, that if you led with emotion in your heart, then it could tend to, you know, be equivalent to a, the success of a business. But now I'm finding that that's the real strength and value because people really want to work with a company and for a leader who truly can be empathetic to their needs and actually can understand um, what their challenges are. So as it relates to our gleaning from the lessons learned over the last two years post-COVID are, are one uh, since the pandemic, we are excited to bring forth the idea of an early childcare center into our community. It is currently under construction. And so imagine this, there is a 14,000 square foot medical facility that houses um, doctors, nurses, pharmacists for an in-house pharmacy as well, and dentistry and mental health services. And directly across the street is an early childcare center that's being developed. That new center will be um, home to over 60 kids between the ages of zero to four. Why did this idea or this idea of early childcare and healthcare come about? Well, we, we were recognizing that a lot of our team members were losing or we were losing them to healthcare con conditions and issues. For instance, if, uh, you know, during the pandemic, they had to make decisions on um, where to, where their children could be uh, placed. Maybe some of the daycare facilities had closed or weren't accessible. So moms had to have, you know, make a decision that did affect the economics of their family. So we said, you know, we hate to continue to lose these individuals who really have great potential. So what can we do to help to solve our um, staff members' issues? How do we may remain competitive in the market where people would even want to work for us versus someone else? Um, and then also just the what, what we later found out in that process is that, wow, there is a dearth of um, early child care centers available in our general area, in our community. So there were essentially more children than there were centers, which thus made it a higher need. And so then we further learned that it's a problem in our state of Louisiana. And so if we're going to focus on workforce, what better way to start strengthening the workforce and educational pursuits than being on the ground floor when those babies and infants are from zero 
to four years, a critical age. And we believe that it's going to be of value to our team members, to our local community, and certainly answering the call of workforce with the vision to strengthen in the future. Thank you very much. Dr. Williams, what a magnificent career, what a magnificent mission. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Looking forward to speaking to you more and, and just learning more about what you're seeing in the community and so forth. Thank you so much for joining us. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much.